0: If you've been paying attention, you've likely heard something about gut health and why zoning in on your gut health is so darn important. Improved skin, and here's the big one, reduced bloating. Head to myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and so much more. That's myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. Well, hello there and welcome back. You're listening to episode 208 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a bi-weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, we are discussing all things electromagnetic fields, or EMFs for short. And if you've been watching the news, plugging yourself into the media lately, you may have heard something about EMFs and human health, and we're going to get into all of that today. We're outlining the ways in which wireless radiation from our most beloved devices, such as our cell phones and our computers, affects our health. And my guest today is also here to offer practical steps we can implement in our own homes to protect ourselves and our families from EMF and 5G. Today, I'm speaking with author and podcaster R. Blank, in addition to hosting the Healthier Tech podcast, R is also the CEO of Shield Your Body, which creates products designed to reduce your exposure to wireless radiation. R, I am so thrilled to talk to you today. How are you?
1: Good, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Stephanie. I, I, I really enjoy the the, the sustainable minimalist uh, approach that, that that you're taking. It's, it's I think it's a great message, and I'm really happy to have the opportunity to be here with you.
0: Well, thank you for the compliment. I always like to start the show with having my guest give their own little introduction to themselves, who you are, what you do, and how you found yourself making, talking about EMFs your life's work.
1: Sure. Well, uh, so as you said, uh, I run Shield Your Body, and we uh, provide a lot of free education to people about the health effects of EMF, and more importantly, what they can do to reduce those effects through better relationships with technology, as well as EMF protection products. I got into this uh, arena, it's almost 10 years ago now. My father was uh, Dr. Martin Blank, who was one of the world's leading EMF scientists. And he got a contract to write a book. And unlike his life's work, which was aimed at academics, this book was aimed at the general population. So he asked me for some help to, to write it with him. That book, which became overpowered, Um, I authored with my father and, uh, it was in the course of writing that book. I mean, he'd been doing this work basically my whole life. And so I, I kind of knew about it, but I didn't really know the details the way I did as a result of, of writing that book with him. And in the course of writing that book, I realized, uh, that the science that demonstrates negative health outcomes from exposure to this stuff, it's really quite strong at this point. And at the same time, the stuff that emits these forces is everywhere around us. And it's the basis of modern society. So there's no way of getting rid of the sources of EMF unless we're all willing to go back to the 1850s. So I realized there had to be better, healthier, safer ways to use this technology. And that's where the idea for what became SYB uh, began.
0: So for anybody listening who has no idea what an EMF is or where we all find ourselves affected by EMFs. What is an EMF?
1: Sure. Great, great question. So as you already said, EMF stands for electromagnetic field. As the name suggests, it is a force that is created by a combination of electric and magnetic. Um, There are many different types of EMF. So one that we all know is called sunlight. Sunlight is a form of EMF. It's a natural form of EMF that not only we're quite used to, but existed for all of human evolution, in fact, all of evolution of life on, on Earth. Now, there's some forms of EMF with more energy than sunlight. And those are things like x-rays and gamma rays, which a lot of people have heard of as well. Those are, those are very, very dangerous. They have so much energy that they can knock electrons loose from the cells in our bodies. That's why they're called ionizing. And that's exactly why when you get a dental x-ray, they put a lead jacket on you and the technician actually leaves the room. That's how dangerous they are. Now, we have a set of EMF with less energy than sunlight. Those are sometimes called non-ionizing. And these can include things that we we call radio waves and microwaves. And there's some others as well. Now, these by and large did not exist on the planet until we started inventing modern technology. So with the invention of the light bulb, uh, we had our really our first sources of human-made EMF. And uh, so you had the light bulb, which is a source of, then you have the power grid, which was designed to power light bulbs. Once you had the power grid, they started developing all these new app- appliances to run on the grid. And those all became sources of EMF. And then eventually they invented wireless technology and everything wireless. So obviously today we think of cell phones and wi-fi, but even back in the day, you know, radio, uh original television, radar used in military uses. These are all sources of emf. So today we have anything that runs on electricity and anything that communicates wirelessly is a source of this uh human-made emf that that's what we're talking about today.
0: So I want to apologize in advance for my plebeian questions. I'm learning alongside my listeners as we're talking, but I just have to ask, is a TV, let's say, not a wireless TV, a 1950s TV, can we assume that would be safer than the TV that's plugged into our wireless network in our home?
1: Actually, in in that instance, no. Uh, and that's because display technologies have gotten safer. So it used to be, you know, in not only 1950s TVs, 1980s TVs, early 90s TVs, the ones with those curved screens with the big backs, those emitted a lot of this type of stuff. So as we've moved to flat screen displays, there they actually emit a lot less. But as you, you, your question uh, indicates, you know, then you add in wireless connectivity, and all of a sudden it starts emitting more again. So if you have a TV today and you really want to cut the EMF, you want to disable the wireless functionality.
0: Where does 5G come into this conversation? There's a lot of controversy in my community about the creation of the lines necessary to support 5G technology.
1: Okay, so as I, I didn't say specifically, but as I sort of outlined before, there's there's this spectrum of EMF, right? At the, at the very high end, you have X-rays and gamma rays, in the middle, you have sunlight. And then with lower energy, you have things like radio wave and microwave. So if you think of radio, uh, radio wave and microwave as like a slice of, of that spectrum, uh, in terms of wireless technology until 5G, we used a little bit of that. Now with 5G, they're opening up more of that slice. So 5G is going to be using new frequencies, these have more energy than the frequencies we've been using so far for things like 4G and Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, and those frequencies have never before been used in consumer applications. The only places they've been used uh, really are are military grade weaponry. Um, they ha- they have they have weapons you uh, designed to use th- these frequencies to inflict. Uh, pain and discomfort and damage at a at a, at a distance, the, these microwave weapons. And so there are a few points of concern here. Some people are concerned um, that these are all new frequencies of EMF that are being deployed into our environments, into our cities, into our schools, even into our hospitals, without any human testing. There's been no testing into the long-term health effects of what exposure to these frequencies means. And that is... Uh, that forms a large part of the concern about 5G. I myself have a separate concern about 5G, which is one of the reasons 5G needs to exist is because, remember I described that slice of the spectrum and we're using this little bit of that slice. That slice has gotten filled up because we have so many wireless devices and they're all communicating using that little slice. And so they're, we're getting to a point where that's saturated. And so one of the reasons we need 5G, or they say we need 5G, I should I should say, is because we're, we're kind of running out of spectrum. And we're we're deploying more and more and more and more of these smart devices, these wireless connected devices, and each one of these devices, they need the ability to communicate.
0: Well, as you're talking there, I'm counting in my head all the devices in my home that rely on wireless technology, my smart thermostat, my TV, uh, my daughter's monitor in her bedroom so that I can spy on her when she's sleeping, my smartwatch, my cell phone, like I could go on and on. And yeah. so the next logical question then would be, what does the research say is the consequence of EMF on human health?
1: Okay, so there's a that that's a great question. There's a lot of parts to that. I want to underscore, I know I just said it, but I want to underscore, all of this stuff is deployed, it's released. I mean, we people, you know, you, you figure, I'm going out, I'm going shopping, I'm going to the store, I'm going to buy something. We all assume, well, if they're letting me buy it, it's safe. But that's just not how it works, especially with wireless emitting technologies. They're, they don't test the products for long-term health effects. They deploy the product. And then the science comes later. And some of this science, if you want to study questions like cancer, you know, that takes 10 or 20 years because that's how long tumors take to to form. Now, in terms of the science, what it shows, the health effects, there's a very wide variety of health effects demonstrated by the science. Everyone's heard of the concerns about, well, will my cell phone give me a brain tumor? Um, But Brain isn't the only area where tumors have been linked to EMF exposure. Another couple of big ones uh, are colorectal cancer and thyroid cancer. And it's not just cancers. So you have things like uh, sleep uh, melatonin production and sleep disruption. You have immune system function disruption. You have anxiety. You have symptoms like uh, tinnitus, you know, the ringing in the ear. The picture that science is painting for us is that EMF affects almost all systems in our body. Uh, also, there's strong science showing that exposure to this type of EMF can damage and destroy DNA. One other thing that the science shows very convincingly is a dose-response relationship. What that means is the bigger the dose, the bigger the response. So one common thing, you know, that, that people can understand dose-response relationship is drinking alcohol. The more alcohol you drink, the more inebriated you become. The same thing is shown in the science on EMF. The more EMF you are exposed to, both at one point and cumulatively over time, the greater the demonstrated result that we see. All of these different sources in our home, and and, and we've come to view them as natural, as normal, but if we think back to when we were children, you know, we didn't have any, I mean, the only wireless that we had in our homes was was radio and television. And those were only receivers. They weren't transmitters. And now you look around an average uh, American home, like you said, you have the smart TV, the smart thermostat, maybe a smart lock, maybe a smart fridge, maybe a couple of smart speakers. You have one or two Wi-Fi networks. You all have phones, maybe some tablets, maybe computers. I mean, that's a lot of these sources. And they were not there when you and I grew up. And so the doses that people are being exposed to today are significantly greater than when you and I were children. And the, the doses that your children's children will be exposed to when they are even much greater than that because of this drive to turn everything into something that is they call smart.
0: Well, you did mention kids there and I have two of them. I have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old and they don't have devices of their own, but they are living in my home, which is filled Mm -hmm. with these wireless devices. So I have to ask for any of the parents who are listening, does the research say anything about the correlation between EMF exposure and children's health?
1: Yes, it does. So the younger you are, the more vulnerable you are to damage from these. So there, there are several reasons. I'll just name a few. You know, one is that children's bones are thinner. That includes the skull. The reason I mention that is because the bone, particularly in the, the skull, it, is, it forms a, a natural barrier against the CMF. It's not a perfect barrier, but it does shield or attenuate this radiation. And when there's less of that bone there, there's less of that natural defense. That's one reason. Another reason is that they are actually just smaller, right? So if there's a dose of radiation that extends, let's say, two inches into your, into your skull, into your brain, for you, that impacts a much smaller percentage of the total brain area than it does the child. Another reason is that they are growing very quickly, much more quickly than an adult. Uh, well, adults aren't growing, but still our cells are multiplying and divide. that's how we continue living. With children, that process happens much more rapidly. So any damage that is incurred at the cellular level ends up multiplying much more rapidly. And then the final reason I'll say is because children obviously are younger, which means they have more time to live with the damage that they get from these exposures. So overall, um, yes, the, 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 the science is very strong on this point. Um, the younger you are, the more vulnerable to damage from EMF exposure you are.
0: Okay. Well, my anxiety is now through the roof.
1: <laughs> no, don't. don't we could talk, but that's not. Yeah, don't. Don't try. I mean, there. You know, there's things you can control and there's things you can't control. So you know, try. Um, I, I strongly. One of the first things I tell new people who come to me through the website or is just to to try to relax because that is the the more effective position from which to try to address this stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to talk about exactly how we can relax, or I would say perhaps a better word would be how we can pragmatically reduce our exposure after a quick word from this week's sponsor, Ether Diamonds, the world's most sustainable diamonds that are actually good for the planet. Now you're no longer stuck between having to choose between that mind diamond versus that regular lab-grown diamond, both of which harm the planet. And that's because Ether offers the only truly sustainable diamonds on the market that require no ethical or environmental trade-offs. Ether creates the world's first positive impact diamonds made from air through a process that first removes harmful air pollution, then captures the carbon, and finally retasks that carbon to a higher purpose. Now I know what you're thinking, these are 100% real diamonds and they are the highest quality diamonds you can buy, certified by the IGI. Learn more about the only guilt free diamond in the world at etherdiamonds.com. That's A E T H E R diamonds.com. And follow them on social media at etherdiamonds. And we are back with our blank. We are discussing all things EMF related. We're transitioning our conversation now to talk about best practices and worst practices as it relates to our technology in our homes. And so I I could ask you our, you know, what should we do? How can we reduce our exposure? But instead of that, I'd love to flip this question on its head and ask you, in your opinion, what are some of the worst practices? What are the things we absolutely shouldn't be doing when it comes to our tech? And I no, because I've heard it through the grapevine that we should not keep our cell phones in our pockets. That's just one one idea. What else are we doing that we shouldn't
1: be? So a worst practice is keeping that that source of EMF, like your cell phone, like you said, or whatever it is, keeping it closer to your body than it needs to be, or keeping it running and on when it doesn't need to be on. So yeah, that definitely includes carrying your phone in your pocket. In fact, uh, a lot of people don't realize that if you look into the manuals for some of these products, they actually say not to carry it uh, in your pocket. But, you know, a lot of people don't, don't read these manuals like, like, like I do. Um, but it also includes keeping your Wi-Fi uh, running uh, when you're not even using Wi-Fi, especially now that we see, you know, more and more people have these dual band routers, which is running two Wi-Fi networks at once if you're not using it you can turn it off. It includes keeping Bluetooth headsets right in your ear when you're not even using them, just keeping them there all day long or for hours at a time. So really, the worst practices are keeping this tech closer to your body than it needs to be and keeping it running when it doesn't need
0: to be running. So I then have to ask you about my smartwatch. (laughs) Uh, Should I throw it in the trash?
1: Um, I mean, yes, in my opinion, you should. Uh, But I'm also a realist. I am not I am not a Luddite, but I I grew up liking technology and I still very much appreciate what technology can do. So I, you know, I advise people not to use smartwatches, but I also understand that a lot of people will. So in terms of smartwatches, again, it's another one of these products where it's just released without any long-term testing. So we don't know what wearing a smartwatch for 10 years will do. We can make some guesses. um, And that is because Remember, I was saying keeping tech closer to your body than than it needs to be. That's because distance really matters. And with things like smartwatches, uh, they're right up against your body and they're designed to be held right up against your body for many, many hours at a time. Some people wear them almost all the time, even when they sleep. So I advise people not to wear smartwatches, but if you do, turn it into airplane mode as much as possible. And take it off as much as possible, especially when you're sleeping.
0: Well, that you led me perfectly into my next question, which is, what are some practical ways that we can reduce our exposure? Because I know I am not going to be drastically changing my way of life anytime soon to completely eliminate EMFs. I don't even think that's possible, probably, but. I'm looking to reduce, and I would say probably that lots of my listeners are too. So you mentioned keeping tech farther away from your body, but what else? What else can we do?
1: Sure. So it all comes down to uh, what I call the two key rules of EMF protection, which is minimize and maximize. First, you want to minimize your use, and second, you want to maximize the distance. Minimizing use, I think, is obvious, right? The less, of the, Let's say your phone is a source, I mean, your phone is a source of EMF, so the less that you use it, the less exposure you're going to have from it. Now, the maximized distance is the one that you know that 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 can take some people by surprise, and this is why this matters. The power of EMF radiation diminishes exponentially with distance. So, if you have your phone about an inch away from your body, and then you have it two inches away from your body, you've now cut the power of your exposure by 75% just by doubling. That's what the power of uh, exponential decrease means. And that's a great illustration of why carrying it in your pocket is so risky. That is because when it's in your pocket, it's directly against your body. When it's directly against your body, you are getting a full dose of the radiation that this device is designed to emit, keeping in mind that this device is designed to be able to communicate over miles and miles, right? These are very powerful things. And so when it's in your pocket, you are getting a full dose of this stuff. So minimize and maximize the two key rules. Now, examples of that, well, like I just said, not carrying your phone in your pocket or bra. I I, I know many women who particularly, you know, when they're out jogging or when they're at the gym, they will put their phones in their sports bras. You don't want to do that. So you don't want to carry your phone in your pocket or your bra. That's an example of distance. Never use your laptop on your lap. Another same Same reason. In fact, if you look at the Dell manual, it'll tell you for their laptops to keep it at least seven inches away from your body. They call them laptops. They have people using them in their laps in ads. But if you read the manual, they're talking seven inches minimum distance. Another example is not to sleep with your phone. And that's one where there's, you know, cutting your EMF exposure is a great benefit of that. But there's other reasons to not use your phone, as science is showing us. Avoid using Bluetooth headsets, because when it's a Bluetooth headset, you have you have it right in your ear. And that means, A, it's right up against your body. B, it's very close to your brain. And C, it's not only close to your brain, it's in the ear canal where there's no skull separating where it's located from your brain because there's a hole in your skull at that at that place. Uh and then finally, uh, I mean there's there's a lot of reasons I could, but just to round out a list of five, turn off your Wi-Fi at night. A lot of people who who take this issue very seriously will actually get rid of Wi-Fi and wire their home with ethernet. But I deal with a lot of just what I would call regular consumers, they're not willing to take that step. So the step that you can take is turning off your Wi-Fi at night. Because you're not using your Wi-Fi at night. So if you turn it off, you're you're cutting out that exposure from, you know, eight hours a day, a third of your life, where you're not getting any benefit from even keeping it on.
0: I had heard you on another podcast, Toxin Free Talk, shout out to Megan Mickelson if she's listening, but I had heard you mention shutting off your Wi-Fi. And so that must have been, you know, a couple months back. Turned off my podcast. Ran told my husband we're turning off our Wi-Fi every night. So we just put it on a timer from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. It is off. And that's working out totally fine during the summer months when we don't necessarily need our heat on. I don't know what we're going to do when our Nest thermostat needs the Wi-Fi to keep our house warm. But for right now, I'm calling it a success. I want to ask you about the products that are popping up on the market that shield the human body from EMFs. I know that you have a company that does just that. And so I'm a very skeptical consumer by nature. I talk a lot about conscious consumerism on this show. I I would say, oh, is this just another product popping up to um, fill a void or do they actually work? And if so, if they do work, which I'm assuming since you make them, you're going to say they work, how do they work?
1: So... Shielding, you mentioned shielding, and that is what my company does, is a type of EMF protection. If people just go out and Google or search on Amazon for EMF protection, there's going to be a lot of different solutions available. Shielding is based off of technology that's not only universally accepted, it's almost 200 years old, ever since Michael Faraday created the first Faraday cage in 1836. And Faraday cage, it's not a term everyone knows, but, but some people might recognize that, that, that term. And what a a Faraday cage does is it shields and deflects EMF radiation. So what he found, again, almost 200 years ago, is that if you weave conductive metals into certain patterns, they can block certain frequencies of electromagnetic radiation. And so what my products do is they take that shielding and they put it into products. And so the way the phone pouch works is it's designed to make it safer to carry your phone. So you put your phone in the pouch, and then you carry the pouch on your belt or in your pocket. And the back of the pouch is lined with that that fabric that I was talking about. The front is not lined with that fabric. So that allows your phone to still work while deflecting radiation away from your body.
0: So, Ar, where can my listeners learn more about your company, Shield Your Body, and listen to the Healthier Tech podcast?
1: Sure. So... Uh, I, I, have a page set up with all of that information. It's shieldyourbody.com slash sustain. So it's, uh, shieldyourbody, all one .com slash sustain. And there people can learn, uh, more about the company, uh, link to the podcast as well as download my free guide on the five, uh, five best ways to make a big difference in your EMF exposure right away for free. And so again, that's all it's shieldyourbody.com slash sustain
0: before we go, I have to ask you a completely random question. It wouldn't be a Stephanie Safarian original without some completely random question. Yeah. At the beginning of our talk, you mentioned uh, dental x-rays. So I just have to ask you, do you get dental
1: x-rays? Yeah, I do. You know, I prefer the dentists that don't make me get them twice a year uh, because I have enough confidence in my dental hygiene regimen um, that uh, I don't feel like I need them twice a year. Uh, so once a year, you know, I try, um, but yeah, I totally, so to, to, I think to get to the point of your question, yes, I do because they add value. So there's a little bit of additional risk, but a lot of value because teeth are important to me and I don't want to lose them. I don't want to have horrible dental problems. So yeah, getting a little bit of exposure, you know, it's worth it to me. Just like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm having this conversation with you on a computer and I was showing you, I still have a cell phone. I keep it in airplane mode an awful lot of the time, and I don't carry it in my pocket. But yeah, no, living today is not about, even if you're someone like me, it's not about cutting out EMF exposure. It is about minimizing it and man- managing it and having a more mindful approach to my relationship with technology, just like you advocate with sort of everything in your life. Um, you want to have a mindful engagement. You know, does this, adv- do I need this in my life? Why am I doing this? You know, I advocate for that on the on the on the level of technology.
0: Well, R, this was such an insightful conversation. I want to thank you so much for giving me your time, and I look forward to continuing to follow your work. So, thank you so much. Thank,
1: thank you, you so, so much. You. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Stephanie.
0: Listeners, I so hope you enjoyed my chat with R Blank, founder of Shield Your Body and host of the Healthier Tech podcast. What I really loved about our conversation and one aspect of the conversation that stayed with me was ours emphasis on reducing unnecessary EMF exposure as a practical goal, as opposed to seeking to eliminate it altogether, which is likely impossible in 2021, right? And so I appreciated how he outlined the ways in which shielding products work, so that in those instances where we cannot or will not perhaps turn off the laptop or put the phone on airplane mode or shut off the Wi-Fi, we can still protect ourselves and our kids. R mentioned a shielding cell phone case as a pragmatic solution. He also mentioned for my Apple Watch, there's a shielding band to keep it off my skin. I'll link to those in the show notes. But if you're looking for a less conspicuous option, there are shielding t-shirts, and there are shielding hats, and there's even shielding underwear out there. These products are awesome in that they effectively shield, but they look and feel just like normal pieces of clothing. So they don't feel like you're wearing that Faraday cage that are mentioned in our chat. I have a t shirt that I love, and it's from Lamb's Apparel. That's Lamb's as in the farm animal, Lamb's. And according to their website, they shield 99% of wireless radiation through a fiber combination that's Xsoft Silver. So that's the metal and cotton. And so when I'm wearing this shirt, it does not feel like I'm wearing a Faraday cage. It feels like I'm wearing a comfy and breathable t-shirt. The best part for me as a consumer is that it does not look to the outside world that I'm wearing a piece of EMF blocking apparel. The shirt that I have, and I have the Faraday shirt, if you're wondering, but it is a form fitting and classic shirt. And so it looks just like any other high end black t-shirt. My concern with shielding apparel in particular is that when you combine fibers, what you're really doing is creating something that's unsustainable because it's most likely unrepurposable, if that's a word. (laughs) So I thought long and hard about bringing this shirt into my wardrobe because I knew that if I did indeed bring it into my wardrobe and into my home, I would have to keep it for 10, 20, maybe 30 years or more. Now, I have not had this shirt for 30 years, but I have had it for a handful of weeks. And I'm just a happy customer who wanted to spread the EMF shielding love for any of you who are interested, but like me, may perhaps be a bit skeptical. So I'll link to lambs in this week's show notes if you're interested. I will see you on Tuesday for your regularly scheduled interview. Have an amazing weekend and take care.